We individualize training in the pool, so why not individualize your nutrition? Erica Barney of Barney Wellness Building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans. So stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body. Athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates. Erica understands swimming. She gets it. She's worked with over 20 Olympians, including the fastest man in the world, Caleb Dressel. Group discounts are available. So go to Biney Wellness Building and get in touch with Erica today. That's Biney, B-E-I-N-E, wellnessbuilding.net. All right, Louise Hanson, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Now, where are you coming from? Uh, I'm currently in Loughborough. Yeah, I just got back. Loughborough, okay. Yeah. Now, for those that don't know where that is, tell us. Uh, pretty much in between Manchester and London, as far away from the water you can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did you end up there? Why, uh, what, after you left college, USC, how did you end up at Loughborough? Honestly, it was just a coincidence. I hadn't actually heard about Loughborough before, but they mm. had an international recruiter that came to SC and I kind of just ran into her um, oh. and started talking to her and she told me about Loughborough and yeah, it just seemed like I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and when she told me I could combine like doing a master and continue swimming, I just asked to get in contact with the coaches here and yeah, I started chatting with Ian and yeah, it just seemed like a good fit for me so i just wow. moved like beside like a couple of weeks after i talked to her so yeah wow. honestly it was just a big coincident but really happy it happened <laughs> yeah i bet international recruiter did now was that at usc where she was yeah no she was from loughborough so she was just going around to different unis yeah. in the u.s so uh i know she like had been to nc state i know that's how andreas also like got a heck of it and yeah so she was just going around so yeah <laughs> i guess they just wanted more people from the u.s and yeah they got a suite <laughs> yeah i was gonna say like what is the what is the what's the outcome like what are they trying to achieve when they send out a recruiter do they want people from the u.s i think they just wanted to like show that there was something after the ncaa if you wanted to continue studying uh because you can't really do a master if you don't like now i guess you can with the fifth year with the COVID and everything yeah. but that wasn't really an option before um yeah i guess they want to like improve bucks and like make more people come over so so were yeah. they specifically looking for athletes who'd finished college yeah she came to like the athlete center so she was talking to a bunch of different sports when i met her right okay mm -hmm. and is there a uh, some sort of scholarship program there they have some scholarships. It's not like uh, in the US where like you can get a full ride and have everything covered, but you can definitely get a scholarship that cover part or all of your tuition fees. Oh, wow. That's nice. So what are you studying? Did you say? Uh, I did international business, but I actually graduated. So right now I'm just oh. swimming. Oh, wow. Congrats. You feel good about that? Yeah. It's been six years in, <laughs> in uni, so it's quite nice to be done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, how did you end up at USC originally? Um, I always wanted to go somewhere sunny coming from Sweden. I wanted yeah. good weather. Um, and Stina Gardell and Henriette Stinkvist both swam on the Swedish team. And obviously they went to SC, so they have always talked about it for years. So, right. um, I didn't know much about other schools, uh, definitely talked to a few of them, but USC had always been like 
always heard about it. I had friends that gone there and like they were all super happy with it. So they started recruiting me quite early <laughs> through yeah. their swimmers and my friends. So yeah, USC seemed like the right option for me. I wanted to go somewhere sunny and I wanted a combined team. So mm. what's the uh, the take from the coaches over in Sweden these days? I know in Australia, it's still frowned upon. Like they don't want their athletes to leave. How does How do the coaches in Sweden feel about it? I think right now they feel pretty good about it. Uh, we have a pretty big group of our national team actually over in the US and yeah. are swimming pretty well. But there's definitely been times a couple of years back where a lot of people were going and kind of didn't continue improving and like yeah. quit swimming and stuff. So it's definitely been a bit up and down. Uh, but right now I would say it's pretty good. It's a good opportunity to combine swimming and school which there isn't really many in sweden so they encourage us to do it as we feel like that's the right decision to take so in sweden what are the options uh like in australia it's like you you either swim or you go to college you don't really combine the two generally is it the same in sweden it's pretty much the same there's definitely like you can do it if you do part-time or 25 percent or something but it takes a few years to to yeah. get your degree done if you do it that way but like i know michelle coleman she has finished her degree so it's definitely feasible to do it in sweden but it's not like the us where you they help you plan it all out to get it done within four years um so yeah there could definitely be a better system <laughs> yeah now, what do you uh, plan on doing with your degree then, or or your even your degree at USC? What did you study there? Uh, so I did my undergrad in business administration, and then continue with international business for my master's. So hopefully, something within business. Oh, business, <laughs> business track, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure exactly what I want to do with it, but the marketing aspect is probably what interests me the most. But it will be a couple of years of just swimming now, I think. So hopefully, I will figure it out as I go. Where did you find, uh, you know, you're obviously coming into a situation in your life now where school is done and you really haven't had that for a long time in your life, right? So, Never. Yeah. So that's going to be difficult then. Like, what do you do in your free time now between workouts? Um, yeah, it's it's quite empty. I think it was a good thing that I did a whole World Cup circuit uh, yeah. this fall because that kept me busy and it was a lot of fun traveling and not being able to or being able to do all the fun activities around it and not feel like I have to sit and study, which have been the case in the past. Uh, so that was really nice and helped get the distraction of not having anything else to do. But in the end, it was like a lot of TV shows to the point where I was like, <laughs> okay, I need to do something else. <laughs> Yeah. I'm trying to just distract myself, like trying to pick up his reading for fun. Uh, mm. My roommate's got a cat, so playing with a cat. Yeah. <laughs> just trying it's, to distract myself. Well, it's nice to have options though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I don't have to rush off to school. Now tell me about the coaches at Loughborough. I don't know much about the staff there. Yeah, and so I'm swimming uh, for Ian. And then there's Andy Manley as well, who's uh -huh. like with the distance people. Um, yeah. And then we have a group below us as well with another Andy uh, and a Connor. So there's like four different groups. Uh, so a lot of swimmers, but obviously I'm in a high performer group. So we're 24 swimmers and divided up to sprint and distance. Uh, but yeah, coaches are great. We have a great support staff around us, great coaches in the gym and yeah. <laughs> it have pretty much everything <laughs> yeah how how is this funded then like what is the point of them being at the university and and how, how do they get funding Ooh, that's a question for them <laughs> <laughs> i don't actually know i like like the ncaa we have bucks which is quite important for us like it's the same so you do situation. compete for them 
yeah okay not now anymore because i'm not a student but right, for my right. first two years oh i guess just the second year because it was a COVID year so we didn't actually have bucks my first year hmm. uh but it's the same as ncaa uh you enter events you score points and the winning team wins <laughs> is there any comparison to ncaa like does it feel similar or is it way different uh i would say ncaa is yeah. a lot more hyped up there yeah. is a lot of faster swimmers and more around it but it's the same kind of like mindset like you go in there as a team and you race like it's touching the wall first that matters and getting those points um so it doesn't matter if you're undergrad or postgrad everybody can compete yeah there's not like an age limit or anything uh like okay. in the us so it's pretty open and that opens up for being able to do your master um uh, after because there's not like an age limit or anything right and then how do they select the team who competes uh, how many how many athletes are allowed to go and things like that uh it's the coaches uh i don't actually remember the exact number i think there's less people able to go to the long course one so there's a long course and a short course one which oh okay obviously it's not the case in the NCAA so in the winter it's a short course one which i'm pretty sure it's a bigger roster than it is for the long course meet but yeah the coaches decide what you're swimming and who's going <laughs> oh really is yeah. it is it serious like if there was a conflict with uh, like a swedish national team would you be able to say i'm sorry i've got to go off to sweden and compete or is it like you've got to compete at this meet uh I, since i received a scholarship um uh, yeah. that was my obligation to be at right. those two meets every year i'm sure if there were like an extreme circumstance like if a big world so europeans or anything were to happen i'm sure we would have a discussion about it but yeah. now pretty much set in stone like you go to bucks if you're swimming for the university yeah yeah i thought so now how many how many teams compete like uh what's the competition like <sighs> there's a lot of teams uh <laughs> i'm unsure how many uh there's it's not as in the us as many competitive teams uh there were there's a handful of like good swimmer schools that compete against each other but yeah, I honestly am not. Did you have um, did you have serious competition, or was it like you just went in and kind of cleaned up? Uh, I won my events. The backstroke <laughs> ones was definitely a bit tougher because Britain have some good backstrokers. Uh, right. They don't have a lot of flyers, so <laughs> mm -hmm. those were a bit easier for me. Uh, but yeah, no, there were definitely some events that were tougher than others. But it's not the same standard as NCAA. Not yet, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, when I was looking through your career, uh, obviously you just won a world title in in backstroke at the World Shore Course um, within the past uh, year or so. So, but when I was looking back through your NCAA career, it didn't look like you swam much backstroke. Is that right? No, uh, I didn't even know I was really going to swim backstroke last year at Worlds. <laughs> it was like a last minute decision to pick it up. I've always done a bunch of backstroke at SC because our backstroker was injured quite often. Oh. So it happened on pretty regular basis. I was jumping in for the medley relays or even doing like 100 or 200 back at the dual meets, but it was never my focus. Uh, it was always the fly and the free that was my first choice but backstroke have always been a stroke that i'm enjoying doing when my shoulders are getting tired and i just need to switch on to the other side and just stretch them out a bit but yeah it was during isl uh, it was so much racing fly every week and I, in between sessions i just didn't really feel like doing much fly in practice right and kylie moss and i was on the same team and i started doing a bunch of backstrokes with her and i was like oh this is fun and i'm kind of <laughs> keeping up with her and that kind of just triggered me like oh i want to try it so i tried it at the world cup 
in Berlin and broke the Swedish record in both the 50 and 100. And I was like, oh, oh, maybe I should try this at Worlds. (laughs) So yeah, it kind of just happened. And I do think it comes way more natural for me short course than it does long course because I can utilize my underwaters. (laughs) Yeah, different animals, hey, those two races. Yeah, (laughs) very different. Yeah, so uh, in terms of your underwaters, was that something that was always natural to you or is that something you developed over time? Definitely always been, kicking have always been my thing. Pool have, it's not my thing. (laughs) Always enjoyed kicking. I do think SE really challenged me and continue developing it. And obviously being yards, like the underwater aspect is just way more important. So we did a lot of underwater kicking uh, with Dave and continue picking that up here at Loughborough with Ian. Uh, Yeah, it's my strength. So I got to continue working on it. Well, as you as you say that your strength, I mean, obviously you're now breaking into the international scene, and and I mean, it's certainly short course, but you're getting very close long course now. So you've made drastic improvements long course wise. I would imagine that having to work on your weakness, like like your pull, and uh, is something that you're going to have to focus on long course wise to really break into the medals, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, upper body strength is definitely a weakness of mine and something we're really trying to dial into the season. Uh, it's only a year and a half to the Olympics. So yeah, this is definitely a season of a lot of training ahead of us. <laughs> so what do you do? Give me some specific things. Like when you when you say, all right, I've got some upper body weakness, how do you address it? It's going to be a lot of work in the gym. Um, right. My shoulders have already always been very vulnerable. Um, I'm right. very high, over like very mobile right. hyper flexible in all aspects of my shoulders so it's right. always been hard to balance the strength and my flexibility right. uh, so yeah just trying to get like all the little muscles around my shoulders to get stronger like doing bench pull-ups like a lot of push exercises in the gym is definitely going to be a, a big aspect of just trying to maintain shoulder health and getting stronger yeah is pull-ups your least favorite exercise Pull-ups is actually not one of the worst ones. I would okay. say like mentioned like the push exercises are, are way worse for me. <laughs> yeah. Now how do you measure the the increase in strength? How how do you how how are you guys figuring out I'm definitely getting stronger, which will ultimately build your confidence, I'd imagine. I'm leaving most of the numbers and that up to the coaches. I do trust them for that, but we do a bunch of testing. Like, I don't know what they're called really, but when you put up and measuring the the speed you're moving the bar and Mm -hmm. obviously like trying to increase the weight that we're working with, but leaving the coaches up for the numbers, I'm just trying to do the work. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I I know that. I I, I was very similar. Now, do the coaches at Loughborough have any say in the gym program or are they kind of two separate things? No, uh, I would say like, Ian and my strength coach Chris are working really closely together. The coaches, all the support staff here at Loughborough, I think they meet weekly and just discuss our program and how we're progressing, if there's any injuries on the team and stuff. So there's definitely a very good communication between the coaches and like working together. And like if we're hitting it hard in the gym, we might to like take it a little bit easier in the pool and the other way around. So they definitely work together to accommodate to get the best out of us. How do you balance the idea of getting stronger, but also being feminine, being a woman, right? Like I, I know that was always a struggle in college where some of the college girls didn't want to feel like they were, you know, putting on bulk muscles and things like that. So how do you, how do you balance it out between getting stronger and also, you know, feeling good about yourself, you know? No, uh, it's hard. I think when I was younger, it was harder to accept it. I've never 
been afraid of being strong or like showing that I have muscles. Uh, right. But I always knew like I'm very tall. I'm six two. So like yeah. uh, when I was younger, I always thought it was embarrassing. I was like a head taller than everyone in my class. I was taller yeah. than all the boys like growing up. And that was always really hard. And then doing a lot of sport and getting bigger in the gym and getting stronger, like you stand out. Yeah. And I guess when I was younger, like especially trying to hide my height and like standing mm. out in that way. Uh, but yeah, like in the last couple of years, like I'm just trying to own it. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like all athletes look different. I think it's yeah. just kind of embrace it. I'm not ashamed of my body. And I think it's just really cool what my body have done for me and what I'm able to do with it. Uh, it's not <laughs> everyone can swim as fast as I do and yeah. do those things. And it's my body that's allowing me to do it. So, yeah, yeah no, I think I think muscles are cool. <laughs> They are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially if you can swim fast with them, they, they feel exactly. good. Now, I'm, I know there's also a period of time where you don't feel great in the water because you are putting on strength and your body's changing a little bit physically. So like, is that difficult? How, I mean, what, what are the things that you've noticed in trying to deal with not feeling good in the water, you know? Yeah, I would say that's probably where I struggle the most. I hate not being fast in practice yeah, or like feeling yeah. that speed or feeling heavy. Like that can mm. really get me frustrated if I'm not able to hit the times I'm usually hitting because I'm right. tired and stuff. Because right. obviously we're always just comparing us to ourselves and the best we've done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's just trying to believe and trust the process that we're doing. And like, I know that I'm going to experience it. So trying to stay calm, but it's hard because you, you're always chasing those times and always want to, to perform at the same. So like when the times are getting slower in practice, mm. doesn't mean it's not working. It's just taking its time or you're tired, but yeah. it can definitely be challenging, especially if it lasts for a longer time. Um, she is trusting it and pushing through it. Vasa has been the go-to training tool outside of the pool for over 30 years. Vasa's products are ideal for developing power and proper technique in your swimmer's catch. Add a few Vasa trainers to your pool deck and it's like adding an extra lane to your swimming pool. Go to vasatrainer.com, use code BREAD at checkout and get 10% off anything from Vasa. Destro Swim Towers. Gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, -T, at checkout. DestroMachines.com. When, when does it start to feel good then? Like, when do you see that shift in like, okay, now I'm feeling those changes taking place and I'm feeling better about myself. Does it take kind of like a full season to get through that? I think like the upper body strength we're trying to build, it's a, it's a long like process. It's not just a one block of a couple of weeks right. that's going to make it happen. It's probably going to be a full, full year thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think it definitely will go in cycles, but I respond pretty well to rest. So I think every time we put that in practice for like during the season, if it's leading up to a big meet or whatever, I think I usually respond pretty well to it. And hopefully even with a heavier load in the gym and everything, I will respond the same. Maybe we'll take a few days longer, but uh, rest is usually just what I respond the best to. And hopefully I can feel stronger and more powerful from. I was going to say that. Yeah. I was going to say that like as, as uh, as an athlete now, who's, you know, you're not, you're not uh, 18 anymore going into college. You're, you're now coming out of college and you're a grown woman. So like, has your, 
the way that you approach recovery changed over the past five or six years? Yeah, and especially now when I don't have school, like it's not like I have late night where I need to sit up and study and stuff. So I'm really trying to prioritize sleep. I'm working with a sleep coach, trying to like improve all aspects because oh, uh, really? I do think that's a really important aspect. And I noticed that especially during COVID when you were able to sleep in longer, you didn't have everything in between. So like we usually had later practices and how much extra sleep just helped with the recovery and stuff. And yeah, trying to form all in like, Take care of your body best way possible. Um, mm. I do think recovery is super crucial. Like it's easy to work hard, uh, yeah. but like knowing when to take a step back and actually recover and do everything else right. I think it's probably even more important because working hard, it's just getting after it, but knowing yeah. when to take that rest for you is really important. How do you look at your your week cycle? So like if when you go through a week, let's say, let's say it's Sunday and you realize that the week's coming up, um, how do you try and perform throughout the week in terms of then being able to look back and say, I had a very successful week this week? Our schedule is usually like pretty similar in terms of what kind of practice we have every day. So we usually mm -hmm. have three to four key sets a week and those falls on Monday, right. Wednesday, Friday or Saturday okay. or only three Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I know those are going to be the most important days where we're like maybe suiting up or like doing something fast. Um, and like that's the main sets for the week. Um, Monday mornings are usually like getting into routine. So yeah, and then it's like a kick day, a pull day, a speed day. Like we just move through. So I kind of always know what my week is going to look like in terms of practice. Of course, that changes up every now and then, but I like structure and routine, mm. so that works really well for me, like knowing yeah. what's happening. Um, but yeah. Like, when do you do your gym sessions? Uh, it also differs. I lift three to four times a week. It depends on where in the cycle and the year we are. Um, but yeah, so it, it moves. It's anything from Monday to Saturday. It jumps days. That's what moves around. Um, oh, really? It depends on how many days a week I'm lifting, but usually Monday, Wednesday, Friday uh, as well. But it changes. It can be Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday as well. <laughs> so if you if you do your Monday, Wednesday, Friday big sets in the pool, uh, are they done in the afternoon? Yeah. Yeah. Most, okay. Uh, not then, all the time, but most of the time. Okay. And then when do you do your gym set? Do you do it before that session, or do you do it after that session? Uh, I do it in the morning, so nice. I have a couple of hours in between. Right. 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 Now, in terms of preparation for you for a big workout like that, you know it's coming. You know you want to be successful at it. How do you prepare in those hours leading up to it? You know, you leave the gym. What are the things you're doing immediately to kind of prepare yourself for that next workout? Fuel. Like definitely then going home and eating something right after every session. Uh, and then obviously. Do you plan like, that? Yeah. Uh, I usually like, or the meal right after I usually do like a little snack or something. Right. Um, but then like I always do a meal prep sometime in the week. So lunch and dinners are always ready to go just heat up in a microwave if right. it's a quick turnaround and i don't really have time to like cook a full meal so there's always a few boxes in my fridge like easy to just heat up mm. um but yeah just getting a snack in a good lunch and hopefully a little nap if there's enough time in between and i'm tired yeah <laughs> I'm snack again before and like not when i'm not studying or anything like i'm just spending time at home and just trying to relax and read and have you um have you spent time looking at your nutrition and and figuring out how to tweak it make it better things have you worked with anybody in terms of that 
Yeah, no, I'm working with nutritionists. Uh, I think the biggest aspect is just making sure I'm getting enough in. And that's just have been the case in the past that I haven't had enough to eat. Right. So um, I'm not very picky exactly with what I'm eating as long as I'm hitting all the big groups, enough carbs, protein, like all the fats, vegetables and everything that's needed. Um, but yeah, definitely working and making sure I'm getting enough in at the right times, like spacing it out every three hours making sure I'm fueling up. So yeah, definitely working with someone. Have you ever had a situation where you've overtrained, where you've, you know, the stress of school has been a lot and then trying to get better in the pool. Has that combination ever been overwhelming at any point for you where you've had to like pull back on some of that stuff? Oh, definitely. There were definitely a few times, especially at SC when finals or midterms were approaching and swimming was picking up and it just got too much. Um, and I'm usually that person that doesn't realize it's getting too much until it's a bit too late. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, usually I was actually coach at SC was usually pretty nice to me and were able to give me a session off or something if that right. was the case. Um, and yeah, there's definitely been times where it's been too much and pushing it in the pool and getting an upset shoulder or something like that right. definitely happens, but I've been very lucky and haven't had like a complete burnout or any big injuries, uh, resulting from like being overtrained or anything. Um, I would say I'm pretty good at listening to my body, uh, especially like in a pool, like I would say school and stuff. Sometimes I take on too much yeah. and not realizing when it's too late, but in the pool, like as soon as something starts hurting, I, I tend to, always communicate with my coaches and try right. to listen to my body as much as possible. Cause I know taking one, two, three, four, whatever many days it like needs to like, if I feel like this is getting too much will be less than actually getting an injury and having to deal right. with that and come back from it. So doing right. my best to always listen to my body and the signals it's sending me. That that's a smart athlete. You know, a lot of people think a professional athlete is somebody that, you know, works harder. It's not so much that it's more of uh, working smarter. And it seems like what you're doing is you're, you're putting the stress on the body and then you're listening to it and then saying, Hey, I could either go beyond here and end up sick or injured, or I could pull back for a second and then actually make a leap forward by allowing myself to recover. Yeah, no, and it's the same way in like being sick and stuff. Le leading up to Abu Dhabi, I was actually in bed for six days because I had a fever and it was really stressful. Mm -hmm. It was like I couldn't train, I couldn't do anything. I was just sick and I was like, oh shit, I'm going to Worlds. Like, how mm -hmm. is this going to work out? But yeah. my body just needed to rest and that turned out amazing. That's my best meet I've ever had, being sick for a week before. Um, so yeah, the body, if you listen to the signals, it usually tells you what it needs. Yeah. Now, what about on uh, a race day? I want to dig into that a little bit. How how are you, uh, the the day that you wake up for a big final, like the 100 Butterfly at, at Olympics or a World Championships, you know, what do you like as a person that day? Is it, is it, are you kind of the person that needs to be around other people a lot to kind of keep yourself calm? Or do you like to be alone? How do you approach a, a big race day? I think it's different in different times of the day. Um, I'm definitely a person that gets, likes to be by my, like be alone, like closer mm -hmm. gets to, to the race. Mm -hmm. uh, I like getting in my little bubble and focusing what I'm doing, but I'm trying not to get too focused on the race until like I'm leaving for warm up. Uh, right. So yeah, if it was the final, I would probably just go for a swim in the morning chat hang out with everyone just 
treat it as like any other competition day and try not to stress about it because I feel like that's just wasting my energy stressing about something that's coming later like I've trained for it I know I'm prepared for it so I'm just trying to keep it as normal as possible staying relaxed and being around people and then obviously taking a nap and just resting um of course like I think the day goes in periods you get more stressed you're excited you want to swim um all the emotions are definitely there um but I'm trying to stay as calm as possible and like be around people um uh, depending on time the Swedish yeah. team loves to play games so they're mm-hmm. yeah. games during lunch <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, but then yeah closer to to the actual race I tend to just be focusing on me and what I'm doing and not be around as many people you're at a point now where you're competing uh, against the best in the world, but you're also competing against, uh, you know, your country people who are the best in the world too. So you've got, you got Sarah who's in your event as well. So like, it, is it difficult for you to say, well, I want to be the best in the world, but I've also got, got to overcome, you know, Sarah who's in that position right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I've never experienced anything else. Sarah has always been there throughout my career. And I do think she's a big reason why I'm where I at today as well. Like I've always been given the opportunity to race the best in the world in my event, uh, my career growing up. Like she's been the world record holder pretty much since I started swimming the hundred fly. So I think she just challenged me. I've always been able to compare and see her swim and swim next to her and I think that have given me confidence like if I can swim next to her I can swim against pretty much an end of world yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think she have actually inspired me and she's always been someone I've looked up through uh, through my whole career and like obviously now being able to race her and challenge her is a lot of fun and yeah as I said like I want to be the western world and I got overcome Sarah then but I think we help push each other so I think having each other is just making both of us better do you ever look at her and think um to yourself, uh, and, and maybe you're going to be able to say this out loud for the first time, maybe, but like, do you ever look at her and say, she's better than me there, but I'm better than her there? Like, I used to do that with my competitors. Like, let's be honest. I think we all do it at some point where it's like, okay, he's really good there, but I, I think I, I'm better there. Like, do you do you look at your competitors that way, where you look at their strengths and weaknesses as well? Yeah, no, we all definitely have our strengths and weaknesses. And like, as I said, I know I'm a good underwater swimmer and there isn't many of the girls in the 100 fly that I think could challenge me. Like I know, obviously Maggie is a great underwater swimmer, but I definitely think I'm up there as one of the better ones. Whereas I know Sarah has a very strong pull, whereas I don't. So yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I know where my competitors' strengths and weaknesses are. I know who's going out fast and who's coming back stronger. Um, I think we all pretty much know each other very well in that mm-hmm. sense. Tell me about your race strategy in the past in the hundred fly. I mean, now you're a 56 low. You've probably got to start to really look at yourself in that 55 low range now, you know, like that's, that's where it's going to be to win the medal, the gold medal, especially in Paris around that 55 low. So you're right there. You're knocking on the door. So in terms of what you do now already, how can you be better than what you do? Um, I do think my back 50 is pretty strong. Obviously, I think the back 50 can always be better, but I'm getting more and more stable of going on home in under 30. And I think definitely that's needed to go a 55 low. Um, I do my front, think my front speed is a bit of my weakness. My 50 fly is pretty much the same as my opening of my 100. Mm. And in the opening of my 100, I feel way more relaxed, breathing every other stroke. And then I'm going to 50 fly and it's like one breath, trying mm. to sprint and it's <laughs> 
pretty much the same, same time. time. Yeah. Um, so I do think uh, trying to be better at sprinting and getting that front end speed is going to be pretty crucial. Uh, oh, yeah. Are you guys addressing that in practice? Are you saying, or are your coaches saying, okay, we're going to do more front end speed work in practice? Yes, we are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what is and not being the same time, but <laughs> we're working on it. <laughs> yeah. What What is front end speed? a practice look like for you what are the things you do uh it will be a lot of 25s after blocks most right. of the time on a longer interval is just trying to hold as much as water as possible while right. sprinting and yeah it's usually a challenge for me <laughs> do you do resistance fly at all yeah we do uh it's definitely been something we're progressing up to so as i said my shoulders have been pretty weak so like doing flywood paddles and stuff haven't really been anything that i've done before but i've started doing in the past couple of years uh, but yeah, parachute works, uh, buckets, paddles. Yeah, definitely working. I guess building that upper body strength and yeah. actually using the pool. Yeah. Do you guys do any suited practices where you'll put suits on and race? Yeah, we do it quite often at SC. Like that rarely happened. Uh, as oh, you really? probably know with a lot of yeah. US colleges, yeah. dual meets and everything is in practice suits. So we didn't put on racing suits that often. Whereas I would say... Here in Loughborough, especially like in season, we probably put it on at least once a week for different sets. So we use it quite a lot. Yeah. Now, what's the uh, what's the update on your sister? Where is she at these days? So she moved to Loughborough. Uh, oh, she did? So she, yeah. Uh, was it in September? So, she, yeah, she's been here for a couple of months now, so oh. it's really nice. We haven't really been <laughs> living anywhere close to each other for the last no. six years. So no. it's, it's really nice to have her close. Yeah, I imagine your parents were very upset with the girls. One chose that side of the country, the other chose the other side of the country. Yeah, they're like, you're in the same country, but you're really yeah. not anywhere yeah. close. But my Nowhere. brother uh, moved there a year ago as well. Oh. I guess he moved there right when Sophie was done, but he chose Virginia. So he was only like an hour away from Sophie or two. <laughs> yeah, well, that's cool. But yeah, we didn't make it easy for them. So you two are training partners now, hey? Yeah, and that's actually the first time ever because, yeah, we wow. come from the same club team, but we actually never had the same coach growing wow. up or anything. So wow. it's new for both of us, but so far it's working out great. What are the things that are easy for you two and, and what are the challenges for you two to, to work together? Uh, we're pretty much best friends. We know everything about each other. So yeah. that's obviously a huge comfort just having her clothes right. always just knowing someone's there but we also know each other so well and it's your sister so you know she's gonna always be there so if there's someone your heart on it's each other so there's definitely times where if we're stressed or something is going on like it's easier to take it out on each other but we know we're both always there for one another so yeah yeah now does sweden uh does sweden put any real emphasis on the relays for the olympics like is there things that you guys do i mean you're knocking on the door of olympic medals in those relays you've got a great team uh you know you should be contending for uh the top spot in those relays so are you guys kind of getting together and coming up with a plan for that yeah like the girls involved in wanting to be on this medley relay we're all we all know we're very close and yeah. we know that we want to continue improving this relay and we know we have a really good chance. Um, so I think all of the girls are pretty much in the same mindset. And I know a few of the girls are thinking about coming over to Loughborough just to train with us for a week or so, oh. just to like be close, train together and like working on relay ex exchanges and stuff. So yeah, I think we're all really trying to make an effort, even though we're <laughs> spread out across the world and not training in the same location, we're doing the best to stay in contact and like 
seeing each other when we can, going on camps and stuff. Yeah. Now, um, how do you qualify for the Olympic team for Sweden? Uh, they haven't officially got out with qualification standards for us. Uh, in the past, it's been if you have qualified for um, world finals the years before, right. you'll get nominated. Um, so I don't know if I make the final in Fukuoka, hopefully uh, I'm qualified, but I'm also not sure if they're changing it up for this year or not. Sometimes they want to just lock in one spa uh whoever finished the higher if there's two people in the final because that could obviously be the case with both sarah and i swimming the hundred fly right. if she's deciding to do it i don't know um so yeah i don't know uh but usually it's been if you qualify for an individual final you get worlds, uh, nominated yeah, okay. yeah worlds but otherwise it's probably going to be the fina a cup within oh, okay. a certain qualification period right. it's not like the us or australia where it's one meet everything's on right um, we usually just have a span of time. Like we have our own qualifications. We're up in Stockholm um, where a lot of people obviously tape before and try to qualify at, but we usually have like uh, Europeans that same year in the uh, spring to qualify and stuff. So we have a few opportunities, um, yeah. hopefully starting this summer. <laughs> is backstroke going to be a serious event for you or is it, are you just focused on the fly? Fly is definitely a main focus, and in the past, the fly and the back have all always fallen like the heat on the back on the same day as the hundred fly uh, final. But they moved it, so it's actually the uh, day after. So I found okay. out that last week. So maybe I will swim it, uh, but the focus will definitely be on the fly. Yeah, and now what about freestyle? How much? I mean, you're great at flying back. What about your freestyle in terms of where you're at with it? Where, where do you where do you feel like you're at with your freestyle? Uh, I used to be a freestyler. That's actually one of one where I won my first world medal in the medley relay swimming freestyle 2015. So definitely oh. been with me for a couple of years. Um, but then fly kind of just took over and then backstroke. Um, I wouldn't say I'm training too much freestyle. Uh, the focus is definitely on fly. And when it's not fly, it's usually backstroke. Uh, but like any other swimmer, you train a lot of freestyle, a lot of the aerobic capacity sets and stuff ends up being freestyle anyway um i do enjoy racing it in relays and stuff uh trying to get myself more excited racing more 100 freestyles because our freestyle relay isn't yeah. that bad either uh, our yeah it's good stronger but mm. we're getting a team that's getting pretty good on the 100 free relay so it would be fun to be part of that relay as well so we'll see uh but yeah, as I said, focus on fly, but you do so much training in freestyle anyway. So hopefully I can clean up my my stroke a bit and hopefully <laughs> improve a bit. Now, is Paris kind of the the end goal for you or are you, are you looking beyond Paris? Uh, Paris is definitely the goal. I don't, right now it doesn't feel like it's the end goal for me. Um, I don't think I will feel like I'm ready to say goodbye to swimming after Paris. I'm yeah. enjoying it a lot right now. Um, but yeah, I will take it as it come. It would be pretty cool to swim until 28 because it's in LA, which is kind of yeah. home for me. Um, right. Pretty sure SC is hosting the swimming as well. So it would definitely feel like going home, be swimming for a home crowd, like all, yeah. all of my closest friends still live in LA and stuff. So it would be it would be pretty awesome to swim until 28, but goal is definitely 24 and then we'll take it from there. Now, what about, um, you know, in terms of funding outside of the pool, like do you have sponsors or anything? 
Uh, right now, I only have Arena, so it's it's not the easiest. It's been challenging getting sponsors. It's yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's been challenging, especially graduating twenty twenty in the middle of COVID. A lot of companies have been very cautious and yeah. don't wanting to sign anyone. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely not been easy. Uh, so yeah, Arena is my only sponsor and only funding that I have. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, so it's a good sponsor because you get free suits. So that's always yeah. a good thing. <laughs> Those things <laughs> can add up quick. with what I need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I do enjoy swimming and that's, that's good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, well, listen, I've, I've enjoyed catching up with you. Thanks for sharing um, a lot of your story today and uh we'll be we'll be keeping an eye on you good luck this year okay yeah thank you thank you for having me all right take care bye bye i would like to tell a story of how swim angel fish improved my skills and a major aspect of my life okay and, and you are controlling on the whole time First of all, when, when I was a small child, when I was like four years old, I had a fear of going into water because I was afraid of getting my going, water going in my eyes and also the fear of drowning. No flippers. Do you want me to hold you? Oh yes, the whole time. Let's finish this. I gotcha. Good job, Peter. I can hang on the whole time. What was that? Easy or hard? Easy. You tell me. Easy. It was. Easy. I'm a super swimmer. You're a good swimmer. Your body flows. Did you see that time? How there was no discussion and I just grabbed the opportunity in a much better way? Can you hold on the whole time? And touch and let go. Smile. Can you show me a good smile? And when I got to the age of 11, I wanted to start I wanted to start developing swimming skills because I noticed that a lot of my friends and peers have are good at swimming. Well, let's show them how we learn to I can now let go the whole way. The whole way? Yeah. So how about you're gonna come around and see you swim the whole way for your first time ever with not me touching you. Can I swim next to you? Yeah, of course. Oh, so Excuse me. Sit. Are you okay or do you want me to touch you? Touch you. Last time, go, I swam a whole yeah. without anyone touching me. That is incredible. It is incredible. For all, in conclusion, I think I would like to thank Swim Angel Fish for doing a great job of helping me develop confidence, bravery, and skill.